I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. She said... It's episode 46 of Please Advise. I'm Malls. You guys made it. You're here. You listened. That's so awesome. Thanks so much. I hope you're subscribed to us on iTunes or that you're listening to us on SoundCloud. Um, Guys, we're just going to get right into it. I don't really have anything to say to you. I do think that this Rachel Dolezal lady is... I, this story is probably like a month old by the time you guys are going to hear this, but... I'm, I mean, what she has done is truly buck wild. I just can't. I. It's this is like so offensive, <laughs> but it's also like, like that their dedication cr- to it. So it's so good. It's like the late the astronaut who drove in a diaper to go like get her man back. Like that. It's that kind of like, oh, like you're fucking nuts. Because there has to be a hairdresser that she was in cahoots with. There's no way that she was creating that quote unquote natural hair look at home by herself. That's what I was wondering. Like if she, because that's a perm, right? I mean, that's that has to be a perm. So, like, when she needed to get touch-ups, was she, like, going out of town to, like, that's get That's what I'm wondering because someone had to be touching that hair and be like, this is not – I mean, her hair was the closest thing that – that was the closest thing to maybe possibly her passing as an African-American woman to me in my personal – Opinion. Yeah, because she just looked like a white woman with the hair otherwise. sold it. Yeah, she looked. I was actually really, really shocked when I saw some of the pictures that I saw. I was like, anyone thought she was black? More than that, like, I, I really, I don't understand what what it is that she got from all of this. 
So our guest today is the person who birthed me. She's my mom, Shauna McAleer Ambulos. Sorry. Hi, Shauna. How are you? I'm fine, sweetie. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm glad you're here. I'm really I'm glad really you're happy here. I'm here. We've talked about you on the pod before, so I think the listeners are very interested. I remember you referred to me as like Stevie Nicks. I, <laughs> yeah. I remember listening to that podcast. And uh, update was that you told me that you had multiple walking sticks. That was the, the frame well, in which I the question Well, I always have had was. that collection of canes and shillelaghs and walking sticks. And shillelaghs? Shillelaghs, Irish shillelaghs, Yeah. It's they're, like a beating stick. It's like a walking stick that's whittled out of an old branch and it still has, you know, like it's raw, you know, nubs from the branches. Oh, is, that, is it like, curved on the top? Or? It can be. Um, you know, some of them are very artsy and really carved. You might see like an old face or like a, the head of an animal, like a goat or a ram or something like carved into the top of them. But Mom, you should have your own <coughs> podcast about canes. Um, Mom, you're a woman of many interests. I am. Um, you are a professional picker, which is something that I think a lot of people who listen to this podcast would have an interest in. Picking? Picking. Picking. Picking what? Picking, picking anything that I think has value to it. Oh, right. Yes. She's like You're an American very good at picker. finding like, yeah. yeah. That's started, where Molly gets it from. Yeah. Actually. Thanks girl. I actually yeah. am not that good compared to my mom, but she's You're a lot better than I am. You got, my mom went into the Goodwill in Glendale, which is the shittiest Goodwill if there can be a really shitty Goodwill, it's I think the, the one in Hollywood's pretty pretty shitty. Oh yeah, no, it's pretty bad. I mean, but the the ones you got to go to are like Beverly Hills, and like a lot of a lot of the ones you got to go to are like the ones that are um, benefit like domestic abuse or like the old Jewish ones have a lot of stuff always. Anyway, um, oh Chrissy goes to like some American Cancer Society vintage store. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Shauna just, she went to that shitty Goodwill and got, um, a purse. St. John purse. And it was like a $400 purse. You got it for $25. That's such a good deal. Yeah. She just knew because she thought, oh, that like looks like good good. hardware. (laughs) It was a good, yeah, good, good pick. And how did you know to, to get that? Well, I saw it and it just started to have all the hallmarks that you start to look for. Good stitching, quality leather, quality hardware. And then you just start to notice that the condition's pretty good. So then I reached for it and saw that it was made in Italy and it was a St. John's. And, you know, from there it was easy to know what the value was going to be and what I can flip it for. That's so, really cool. Yeah. So you will t- – what? I'm not very good at picking. Okay. So do you have any tips for someone who's a novice at picking out things that I could, like, use? My biggest tip is that you focus in on what you like at first and start to just go out and see if you can find it. So get an idea of maybe what you're looking for, whether it be a handbag or some kind of like tchotchke for your home or a kitchen item, cook, cooking items. That's always good. Cookware is expensive. And you sometimes you can find like a little croissette, you know, piece at a, at a Goodwill shop. And, you know, they easily run a couple of hundred dollars and maybe you might be able to get it for twelve ninety nine and Or like a Dutch oven or something. Or a Dutch like oven, anything like that, um, that... You know, then that's a good pick because it's something you might need and it's something that is, you know, saving you, you know, a few hundred dollars. Um, So that that would be a place to start. Typically, I always say don't buy anything that you don't want to get stuck with. Um, 
you know, that's the thing is when you go in with no goal in mind, this is what used to, I used to go aimlessly vintage shopping all the time. Like my roommate and I would go back in the day and just, we'd make a Saturday morning of it. When you go with no goal in mind, like, oh, I need a, I need a shirt or I need a dress for this weekend or something. Um, <clears throat> You just wind up getting so much shit. Well, you, you wind do. up thinking yeah. everything is a, is like a is well, like a right. find. I always say the the good news is that I see the possibilities in everything, and the bad news is is that I see the possibilities in everything. Yeah. So I you can get carried away with it for sure, and I'm as guilty of it as the next person. But I also, you I, know, I always, like your self awareness. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you know, it's it's it's. It's hard to edit. You need to constantly edit. I'm always doing that. I'm always sort of running numbers through my head at the same time. Can I get three times the value of what I'm paying for it? Because then you know you're in business if you're doing that. Um, typically, the answer is yes. Sometimes I can get 17 times the value of what I paid for something. That's not often, but when that happens, of course, that's a great day. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I deal in volume sales, so I'm not you know, I'm not buying a $100,000 item and trying to get, you know, a half a million dollars for it. I'm buying, you know, sometimes a $10 item. And if I'm getting $150 for it, that's great. And if I can move that $10 item, say if I have 20 of them, you know, then I'm really, you know, compounding my money and, and doing pretty well. But I, you know, I'm a hustler. I always have been. That's what I was going to say, because I've known, I know you've had like several different careers from yep. being a caterer to like running yeah. your yep. own outpost, outpost yep. re-shop. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, what, what's been your favorite thing that you've done so far in your life? Oh, gosh. I feel I like mean, I'm interviewing. I, yeah, I, I feel good. Yeah. Ask her. No, I know all the answers. it's a great question, answers, so and I'm there's glad. never any short answers, unfortunately, because I, I honestly can say that I love everything that I've ever had my hands in. Um, I never feel like I'm really working because I I get to do what I love. I love the catering because I loved cooking. I loved lo logistics that were involved with it and doing all the critical thinking and problem solving that went along with catering and learning the assurance that it takes to just call the shots and the plays. Yeah. It, it's it's just like coaching a game. It's game time decision. You never know what you're up against, and you just are so excited to just kind of like have the entire event happen and you know customers are always grateful and they thank you for all your great service and so that was always a great satisfying career and then doing the picking and sort of trying to you know come up with I guess maybe an image slash philosophy of what it is I'm trying to sell and uh, you know express for what I think is quality product um, I get a great deal of satisfaction out of that when people really relate to what it is I'm moving and I just build my following from there. Yeah. We so. get a lot of calls from young, like early 20 callers who are just like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Is it yeah. too late to start something? And I think you're really kind of an example of like, you can do anything at any age 100%. as long as you have your it always, drive. Yeah. It always makes me really kind of sad truthfully when I hear that question out of young kids because Partly because I was fortunate enough to be raised by, you know, an entrepreneur and somebody that just really believed that if you do what your element is, if you work within your element, you're never really working a day in your life and you're always really happy. And um, I, I just, fortunately, we always, we always had hobbies. We were, my parents always really impressed upon us to always just kind of keep our hands in a lot of different projects. So I just never, am never out of ideas as to what I want to be doing um, because I just always, you know, if I like 
cooking, I'm going to turn it into a catering part. If, if I like cleaning and organizing, I'm going to turn that into an organizational business. If I, if I like picking and hunting, then I'm going to turn it into a little resale business. And I, it's, I feel like I'm kind of talking to Molly. It's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Is it? I could see like the threads of like where your hustle comes from. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm like asleep at the wheel right now. I'm loving <laughs> that you're taking over right Sorry, now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Wait. So can I do table topics with yes, you, Mom? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mom, so these are some questions that we asked. They're kind of like dinner party questions. Get to know you a little bit. Um, what would be a good addition to the human body? A good addition to the human body. Yeah. Um, well, first I'm thinking, okay, like webbed hands or something for swimming, but then that would affect how we wear our jewelry, so that's like not <laughs> awesome. I love that that's your You know, concern. so I have to think this through. Like, right, do we want to be like transphibians or like I – or <laughs> like what's a Not what's like a, a third hand or and something? And then I'm thinking like, a, you know – um, what would be a good addition? A tail. You would want a third hand, Molly? Well, I was Maybe. thinking a tail, but then like the, you know, I don't know if I really want to fudge with like the whole dressing differently thing, you know? You just cut a little tail hole in all your clothes. Yeah, but then if you want to go to, <laughs> but if you want to go to the bathroom, like that, like is not going to be easy. Oh, yeah. Because you, know? oh, you got to like take, take your tail. Yeah, you got to take your tail out No one ever thinks your tail about hole. Yeah. So a good addition <laughs> to the human body. Um, let's say something topical, like so. Maybe if we had a natural sunscreening film that we could, like, how about some sort of natural film to block out the UVA lights? Yeah, maybe like if our skin oil also acted as like an SPF. Yes, like, right. If we could come up with some, that maybe might be. That's smart. Something, something like that. Something like that. Okay. Uh, which celebrity do you think will die next? Ooh, wouldn't that be crazy if I said it out loud and it happened? What celebrity would die next? Um, pause. I know this is dead air. It can be either like, it can be like shocking. Like it can be um, like Jennifer Aniston. Well, like, I mean, what that's if just it. Like, her I was dying say, would be so shocking. Well, I was going to say we're all dying, right? I mean. That, Are you so, worried that like if you put it out into the universe? I totally think if we put it out, if I put it out there, like, you know, I'd. I'm trying to think who's like one of the older celebrities I know that's living right now. And um, I, the only one I could think of is Betty White, but I don't think she's going to die. And I almost <laughs> said that, but I didn't because. But yeah. I did. So yeah. I'm going to go with Gail King. Or. I don't think anyone's rocked the Oprah too, world in a while. Maybe like, you know, because what? he just retired and you hear those stories about when somebody just Are retires. Are you No, I was going to say David Letterman. Uh, oh yeah, people always like severe heart. Dead. He is yeah. like in you know when he just retired and he's had severe heart um, stuff. Stuff. So God bless David Letterman today and every day. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, what for dummies book have you read? Um, I've never read a what for dummies anything. Me neither. I couldn't. I Which, couldn't be bothered. I think they're condescending. Um, I just kind of feel like yeah, it's just how about like titling it like like something you just don't regularly do and want to consider trying to learn it. How about titling it that, you know? Yeah. Um, if your personal credo were an acronym, what would it be? Um, it, well, I want to say like ABC, always be current. Yeah, oh, that's right. You said that last night. Didn't yeah, you say that last night? I said that last night. Uh, what about your childhood? Wouldn't most people guess? 
One more time. What about your childhood? Wouldn't most people guess? What about my childhood? Wouldn't most people guess? Okay. Um, yeah, that's awkwardly phrased question. Yeah, yeah. it is. Aw- I'm not even sure it's grammatical. Mine. I think mine would be that I played the trumpet for about three years. <laughs> yeah, I can see that <laughs> from six to nine. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah, it's shocking. And <laughs> it's kind of shocking. Yeah, I think um, oh. probably. What they wouldn't guess is that, boy, there's so many things, but probably just what a tomboy I was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would you rather spend a week in jail or serve two years of community service? I would do a week in jail. Yeah? Yeah. Well, How would you pass your time in jail? I would probably just teach, like, you know, like how to be an entrepreneur and lessons to people, like teach them how to pick and... Talk you think people about, give a shit about in jail about some new girl coming in telling them at a vintage shop? Well, when I don't they get know if I would approach it like clank. that. If I if I approached it that way, I would imagine that they'd want nothing to do with me. But if they if they wanted to say like Shauna, like how do you get it all done? If they yeah, were to inquire, what do you think about your life? You're not waking up at six a.m. and and slamming the kitchen cabinets. You you're in jail. I still would imagine I'd be likable, though. Do you think you'd be able to handle, like, the, I don't know, the lack of privacy? Yeah, totally. I grew up in a family of six, you know, with six kids. She, like, well, she and we had no 1.5 back pee with your bathroom door open. She doesn't yeah. give a shit. What's the wildest just, party you've ever been to? The wildest party I've ever been to? Um I had been to a lot of good parties. I think probably one of the best parties still to this day was one that I went to with um, Teresa and Kirsten back at BC. Oh, yeah. It was like a 36-hour party. I remember that. That's right. Was I alive? No. no. Oh. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Actually, you were. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, you were. Um, What's the most embarrassing moment you've ever witnessed? Um... I'm sure it had to do with something where something was said uncomfortable to somebody. Mom, (laughs) didn't you ask someone when you were a waitress when she was, um, when her baby was still? I did. Was she not pregnant? She was was not not pregnant. pregnant. She did. I will will say in defense of me, she did have a special glow to her. (laughs) (laughs) It was bad. I didn't just ask her once. I asked her twice when she didn't. Answer um, me. Did, did you tip her very well at the end of the? <laughs> it wasn't no, a waitress. My mom was the waitress. I was. No, I was. It was. I was catering at her at her home. Oh, no, oh, it was her home. I was actually. I think her sister's home, and she was like a guest at us. You know, she was visiting her sister. And, How did you recover from that? Well, um, I I just said basically. I said you're just glowing. You just look like you're. Yeah. I just. What else could I say? It was. I. Never made that mistake again. <laughs> you learn. You learn in this life. You live and you learn. You live and you learn. What's the worst place you've had to relieve yourself? Um, behind a gas station that didn't have a key to <laughs> the restroom. And I had to... Pop a squat. Yeah. Molly, what about you? I'll never actually forget um, that. <laughs> was I there? No. What was that? What? What was that? What? Like, what does it matter? It was like, you know. <laughs> it 
Was it like it w- last month or was it like oh, 10 it, years ago? It was like probably <laughs> not all that long ago, like five years ago or something. I don't know. You know, it's like it's like three squares a day. It's like something you do every day. So it's just, you know, it's it's kind of eventful and uneventful all at the same time, you know. Um. Well, I used to pee under the house. Um, I used to sneak outside and pee under the house and my mom found out. And she told me that she, – she figured it out and she told me that the little old man who owned the ice cream factory across the street – he owned an ice cream factory and he lived across the street. The ice cream factory was not across the street. <laughs> I was like, what an amazing She childhood. told me that he saw me so I never got to go to the ice cream families or ice cream – family again because I was too embarrassed that's not they... that's not what happened exactly. you told me he caught you told me no, that Mr. McCarthy no, caught you me were going through a phase of thinking <laughs> it was very natural because you got to go you feral animal we, we lived across the street from the from the ocean and you <laughs> liked to go in the ocean and and go so you thought you'd take that a little bit you know on dry dock and you and you would <laughs> you would do it you would just go under the deck and like and just pee and you weren't listening to me and so the next you day I said Mr. to you McCarthy. that Mr. Mr. McCarthy phoned and wanted to know if there was a problem with our bathroom and did Molly want to use his bathroom. <laughs> that was the only way I could get through to you that what you were doing was not so appropriate. So that's exactly what happened is you told me that he saw me and so I never went and got ice cream but at their no, house again. Because, because the McCarthys always had ice cream for you and you always got ice cream from them. No, then, I never went over to their house again. Honey, you were four. You were four years old, like tops. I never went over to their house again. I swear to you. Okay. Okay. I don't... I, is he dead? I mean, I'm not sure, sweetheart. <laughs> when was the last time you did something mean to someone? I don't know if I do... If I ever intentionally ever do anything mean to anybody, but I suppose... I'm just not very good about calling or keeping in touch with people. So I think some people might think of that as mean. Yeah, I'm but not I, good at that either. But I'm not. I'm not. A, I don't. I don't find any satisfaction ever about doing anything mean to anybody. No. I just. I kind of actually can't even wrap my head around anybody that does get satisfaction from that. So, um, what's the most unfortunate thing you've done under the influence? Um. You know. Typically, I'm just like an awesome dancer, and I like, yeah, I just, I probably just maybe getting a little too sloppy. Yeah, is is, is the worst. I never really lash out or attack anybody. I, I think I'm pretty funny and pretty self entertaining when I drink. So you're not like, a, like a crying drunk. No, yeah. no, no. I've never been slutty. I've never been crying. I've never been aggressive. I just am an awesome, awesome dancer. And I think I'm hysterical and I get loud probably because after all, it's a party and you know, I, yeah, you get loud. I really get, I, I just get really enthusiastic and turned up sometimes you get turned up. Yeah, I do. But sometimes I'm just, um, really relaxed when I drink. I haven't drank really in a long, long time. Yeah. So, um, if you had to obtain $1 million by illegal means, how would you do it? Illegal means? Probably just selling pot or something. Can you get a million dollars selling pot? Probably. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Mom, what we do here on the show is we... Because then I could say I thought it was legal. 
Right. I, I don't I don't think anyone who I don't think anyone who um makes a million dollars selling pot is not aware of the stakes. I would just <laughs> throw that. I don't I don't think the police would buy that. I'm not saying I might try it though. Okay. Um anyway Even for any police officers listening to the podcast. That's right. <laughs> oh, um oh I got my medical marijuana card. I wanna share that on the podcast too. Ed and I went and got it together. Um I have anxiety. So, um, a, a very Why? old Asian man, which I was not expecting, probably 90 years old. I think some people, some listeners would be surprised that you hadn't already done it. Done it. Yeah, I was afraid. Why were you afraid? Uh, going on the record, um, I, I don't like to do anything that has paperwork involved. It's never been difficult for me to find pot. People give me a lot of pot. Like, it's just never been particularly difficult, a, a difficult task. So, what's the diff- the biggest difference you've seen so far? I mean, this like full disclosure. Molly texted me the next day after she got her card, and she's like, "I've had my card for thirteen hours, and I've never been so high." I was so stoned. <laughs> well, yeah, because I didn't know what to expect, and like, so there's these things. I had one last night. They're called a. Uh, magic death ray or something it's called something and it's like a joint that's like a parfait like it's like layered with like hash and like keef or something and like all these different it's like it's like like parfait and I don't know what was in it but it was so fucking strong like this stuff is strong like I thought that illegal weed was stronger for some reason I had no idea how fucking strong this shit is it's crazy they got gummy bears they have Jolly Ranchers. They have everything. What's your favorite edible that you've had so far? The gummy bears are by far the best because I don't, I'm not going to eat. They have like a fucking like red velvet brownie. Like I don't want, what am I going to eat? A re, like 600 calories of red velvet brownie just to get stoned? Like what the fuck? Yeah. No thanks. Um, you've also like, um, I know you have a vaporizer now that's different from your other vaporizer. Yeah. It's broken already. It's a standard e-cig, and it's just, but it's, um, I, like, the battery died or something. They're, like, $10. It's so easy. It's, like, it's just oil. It's just vaporizer oil. You can travel with it. Did you think you should have done it sooner? Um, no. I think it all happens for a reason. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have, you know, I'm I'm going through a little bit of a tough time right now, and it really, uh has been medicinal for me. Like I have been able to kind of check the fuck out. Like I mean without like, being drunk 24 hours a day. Yeah. I've been able to kind of like check the fuck out. Um I meant like like in, do you think if you had gotten it in your early 20s when you were living in California like Well, I'm glad I didn't then because I probably couldn't have afforded it in any capacity. Like it it was only $40 to get my card and it used to be 100. Um and you know, it's actually cheaper at the dispensary in a way. Um, but no, I don't wish that. It's like, it's kind of interesting because I thought it would be much more like, I mean, Ed and I definitely have been like kids with like big bags of Halloween candy. You know what I mean? Like, just like we have our big bags of candy and like, why not? Like, it's the week after Halloween. That's what it feels like for Ed and I right now. I think that's what. That's, that's what it's like adult halloween yeah yeah so 
There's that. Um, So, Mom, what we do here on the podcast is we take phone calls from people who have problems, they have questions about their life, and then we advise them. Try not to take ourselves too seriously. Try to read in between the lines. Some of these people are very mentally ill and lie to us. (laughs) Deceive us. They just need to hear the truth and really, like, be told that sometimes their problems aren't as big as they think they are. Yeah. Or as complicated as they think they are. ready to tell it like it is? Always. Okay, let's do this. Hey, Malls, it's Troy. Um, you may recognize me as your trap king. <laughs> um, I had an issue last week with the dog, which I actually just got done writing out, like, a really hateful letter because that's what it's come to. So the beer, I don't think that it's going to work. I'm going to need to write a hateful letter and just leave it on the door and hope that I don't die. But um, in other words, I... Uh, when I saw that your mom was co-hosting, I felt like I should really call specifically with this issue because it couldn't be better timing. Um, the issue that I'm having is actually with my mother and grandmother, so it spans generations. Um, so basically, my mom and grandmother are the two people that I would consider my immediate family. I don't really talk to my dad anymore, and my mom and my grandmother are, like, my closest people in my life. And recently, they started not getting along, but, like, really bad, like, dredging up old, crazy mother-daughter stuff from, like, childhood that doesn't really involve me, but being, you know, the child, I'm I'm 27, by the way, uh, being the, you know, my mother's son and my grandmother's grandson I'm like sort of in the middle and they're no longer speaking and it's really tough because they are they have to communicate so they leave it to me to communicate for them which I just find to be really immature it's like what are you guys doing and I'm constantly like sometimes I literally feel like I'm raising both of them I'm like look you both need to like grow up I feel like Roseanne I'm like going upstairs to like you know tell Darlene to get over it because you know Becky isn't so bad like it's like it's really annoying. And I'm trying to think of, like, a way that where I won't offend either of them or we have a come-to-Jesus moment. I'm like, look, I can't be in the middle of you guys' situation. Like, you're not talking. I understand it. I'm all about, like, working things out and talking and, you know, talking through problems. Like, I, you would think that I've had years of therapy. I haven't. I just have the mindset of, like, a Bethany Frankel. I love to talk things out. I like to say how I feel, voice my opinions, and just deal with things, and they don't. So I'm just wondering, what do you think the best thing to do would be? I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want anybody to think that I'm on anyone's side specifically. I'm just trying to get everybody back together. So um, that's all i got to say. Please advise, Malls. I love you. You continue daily to be my trap queen via the Internet, and uh, peace out. Oh, um, happy late Mother's Day to to Malls' mom. That was months ago, but, you know, have a good day. <laughs> Troy, you're so sweet, Mom. He said happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you, Troy. Isn't you're Troy a doll. Sweet? He's a doll. He's a good boy. I good have boy. to say, I think you and Nana were mostly okay by the time I was old enough to, like, feel like I would have to ever mediate between the two of you. Like, I know you guys fought when I was a kid, but... I really think, Troy, that you just have to, like, take a back seat. Like, 
enjoy your grandmother, enjoy your mother. Don't like if they want to shit talk each other to you, like, you know, just say like, you know, I love, I love mom, like, or I love grandma. Like, I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I think that Troy's doing the best he can. I think he's right to just try to stay out of it. And um, that's that's what he needs to do. It's something they need to work out. They should not be putting him in the middle at all. And um, mother-daughter relationships are always going to be complicated, and they need to figure it out without involving him as best as they can. And but they can't. I'm not clear, though. Is Troy living with them? He, I think he's living with them, yeah. Okay. And he... and. Oh, no, he's not. He's just really close with them. He's really close with them, yeah. And, and, you know, I think that, you know, yes, Troy's mom and grandma should figure it out on their own, but if they're not going to, I think that it's also important to to realize, right, but if they're not going to in this moment, I think it's also important to realize that sometimes, like, it doesn't get better. Like, it doesn't actually get, it doesn't get better with families. Sometimes it gets a lot worse. Sometimes it changes permanently forever. We've had that in our family. I know Christina's had stuff like that in her family. You know, sometimes those those severed relationships just get worse. And it's okay to have, you know, I have aunts and uncles that don't necessarily speak to each other. I have personal relationships with some of them that I that I don't, you know, like, and I don't let them talk to me about, each other like I don't I don't allow that shit talking stuff to happen because I'm kind of I'm the baby of the family in the sense that my mom had me uh when I was when she was living at home so in some ways I feel like the seventh kid like my grandparents seventh kid I grew up like in that house with all of them and um so I feel like I used to get dragged into stuff a lot actually but um were you did you feel compelled to be because like I don't recall anybody dragging in like when you say dragged in was were I I everyone would come to me like everyone would to like in, vent in high school and stuff yeah like I was, was kind of that person I was the go to yeah. yeah like like everyone would even vent still to me. yeah even still my mom will just and come think, and call and me that might be the that might be the interesting part about it the key there is that people are venting but really what they just need you to do is be listening. And I understand that, you know, like in your situation too, Molly, if that was the case that, you know, it, it's hard to like just separate, like, you know, somebody you love is so upset by somebody else that you love. So you do feel very involved and it's hard for you as the neutral person and like Troy's situation for him to just, you know, just put it in that place or that category and say, I really don't have any ownership of this how can I just listen without being yeah. without being swept up into the minutia of it? And it's a very, very hard, like, fine line. And that people-pleasing shit will, like, kill you, Troy. Like, it really yeah. sucks, but, like, and I hate to say it, but yeah. I realized recently I have a big issue with people-pleasing, and it has exhausted me. Yeah. Yeah. I am tired from, yeah. like, saying yes to things I don't want to say yes to, for trying to fix other people's messes, for making concessions on things that I don't want to make concessions on. Like, they're just, they're, like, people-pleasing is a disaster. And you don't always necessarily need to think, like, oh, I'm just, like, I'm helpful. I, I like, you don't have to identify as this, like, overly helpful type A person to be a people-pleaser. It's actually just, like, you know, putting up and shutting up. That's people pleasing. And I think it sounds like a little bit of what you're doing. You don't need to, you don't need to be this invested in their drama. And it sucks that the three of you can't have like a, 
you know, a movie night together right now, but you can still go see your grandma and you can still see your mom, you know, they're still in your life. I hope, I hope that in some way we're helping you, but I don't think it's anything you haven't already said where you're just trying to stay out of it. And you're still trying to be patient with but the two of them. But he also said he feels like Roseanne and like Roseanne going up to mend things between Darlene and Jackie. I gotta Darlene say, this caller yeah. knows you very well mm-hmm. to be making a a Roseanne reference and b a Bethany Frankel right. reference right. in one right. call. Right. He knows I exactly that... how to appeal to me. Hi, B. The HBNIC is here. She's um Christina's bitch. Her name's B. <laughs> This is B. This is my mom. Hi, B. Pleasure to meet you. Really nice. Buzz, She's buzz. wearing a Tribe Called Quest t-shirt. Yeah, girl. Nice. Um, so, yeah, Troy, I don't know if we helped you at all, but if you are feeling like you're, you know, kind of having to play Roseanne to, like, your two daughters, which would be your your authority figures in your life, I, it does seem like you are kind of putting yourself out there. Probably more than you should. I will also say that, like, there's a shift that occurs in your late 20s where, like, the adults in your life start to really see you as an adult. And um, they come to you more open about their, like, problems and stuff. And it's just like, you're like, wait, I'm the kid. But no, you're not the kid anymore. You're their kid. It's true. And as the kid, you want to be treated as an adult. But when it's time that you start to get treated like as an adult, you're still like, no, I just want to, I want to pull the kid card again. I want to be the kid. Well, the the reality of it is, though, is that they're like, that his, his mother will always be his mom regardless. And that is, that's, it's his grandmother's job to protect his mother still, and it's still his job to prote- be protected by, or to be protected by his mother. Like that is, I, I feel like that's just because you're an adult doesn't mean that that like means you can be a shitty mom and like get up in your kid's life and like yeah, no, 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 mangle his family situation. No, but I mean, it was just talking about like it the the honesty of what's really going on in their lives comes through when yeah. they're talking to you now. I also think too that it's a early lesson in learning how to set your limits and your boundaries. Um, going back to maybe the people pleasing side of things that Molly was talking about too, where you're, you're trying to be a good listener as somebody that you love is venting about something that's obviously very upsetting to them. And you can't help but get emotionally like entangled and caught up with your own opinions and feelings towards the scenario that's taking place. And, that's where I think it gets kind of skewed as to like say, where's my role really in this? How do I set limits? How do I, you know, keep the boundaries there of what it is I want to get involved with, what I do and don't want to hear? Um, how can I emotionally check my personal feelings about it at the door? Um, there's a, it's, it's, it's a real exercise, I think, to, to learn how to practice that, to identify it is one thing and then to learn how to exercise and practice that is going to be another another step so troy growing pains yeah hang in there huh yeah. you're gonna be fine yes yeah. i think I, I Troy's think like be fine. troy's fine he's already fine don't get beat up by that dog couple though no that shady i know dog that's couple. i i do have to say a strongly worded letter is making me nervous just hearing about it will you send us that letter <laughs> send us that letter i want to see what you wrote um all right next call Malls, it's Jordan. I am currently driving. Uh, and I'm listening to the pod, catch it up. And um, I was hoping that I would never be able to meet your demand for incest. But I was just staying at my aunt's house for the past two weeks. 
because I'm moving right now. It's where I'm driving. Um, and there was, there was an incident, and it's kind of, like, haunting me. I just, like, listening to the pod. I was like, you know what? Why not? Um, at least mom can get lulled out of this. Um, my aunt was out of town for a few days because she went to um, her son to a football camp. Anyway, that's not the point. She was going. And I got home from babysitting, and my uncle was there, and it was, like, late. It was, like, 1 in the morning. He's clearly been drinking. He's, like, borderline alcoholic. And um, he made, like, a pass at me, and I kind of just brushed it off, like, oh, he's been drinking. Um, Then he, like, kind of tried to have sex with me, and that's not, like, true incest and, um, you know, uncle, but still felt pretty awko, and then he went on town for a few days, and um, I saw him again last night, right before when I was tying my stuff up, and it was just, like, still super awkward, Um, but he's just acting like it's normal, and I guess that's what was super awkward for me. So my question is, like, do I address it, or is this just one of the things that are left, like, um, under the rug, and not where it's causing any family drama. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> there's that. Hope this meets the incest quota. Um, love the book. Hope you are living, laughing, loving. Bye, girl. Girl, gross. Gross. Mom, what would you do? Oh, my God. What, what, ugh. Well, Jordan, I do want to take you by the shoulders And I do want to say to you that there is nothing okay about what your uncle has done. And it seems like he is a predator of sorts, truthfully, regardless of his drinking or awkward nature the next day. I think you need to be very clear and very forthright and essentially just looking him at the face and and looking him right in the face and telling him that he is to back off and and leave you alone. So she should like initiate this conversation. She needs to be taken very, set herself up to be taken very seriously. I think with this, this uncle, I think he's very inappropriate. And I think there's no normalizing this on any level. It's just, you know, what's interesting about things like this is that it's usually when someone gets sloppy like this, that they get caught for having, I was going to say he didn't scumbag. do it because he was drinking. He, but because he was drinking, he acted on it. It's like let's put it that way, right? And and I would say he definitely is an alcoholic, by the way, because if you get drunk and start propositioning your young niece, whether you guys are related or not by by blood, it's disgusting. I'm assuming that he like watched you grow up. You know, like that's really not. It's not okay, sweetheart, at on any level. And if and, you have a dialogue and a in your professional, family, yeah, a professional predator like that is going to make you feel bad for the way you feel. When I he's feel the like in our family, because there's so many of us, like if some like, let's say, oh God, like worse, like <laughs> this would never happen. But let's say that happened with like Uncle Jimmy. <laughs> I would feel comfortable going to auntie mary or someone and saying like did you know that like he's a pervert like i would go to someone in the family oh yeah 
I yeah. and, and I think what she's saying we're, is we're like, a family that's filled with elephants in the room. We like we we like we talk <laughs> about them. We have them sit down at the table. We invite them to dinner. Yeah, we would never. <laughs> we invite the elephants to, to dinner. dinner. Yeah, they, we just need to know if they're going to stay for a couple of days. Right. It's like we we totally welcome the elephants in the house. But yeah, no this. <laughs> This would not be something where it's like, oh, you don't bring it up because you might make, you know, your late night sneaky uncle feel bad for bringing it up. You know, it's just it's 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 not appropriate so on any level. Should she tell her aunt? Should she tell his wife? I think that she should just directly you know, face him off and just stand on her own two feet and just basically make sure she's be- being taken very seriously. So don't that- tell the aunt? I don't. I think she just deals with it head on. She sounds like a, a young adult herself. And so you're saying yes. Don't tell the aunt. Just go straight. I think for the, the aunt guy. is going to find out through, you know. But no, I would not go to the aunt. I think it's between the niece and the uncle. No, no, no. I'm not saying like go to the aunt so that she can deal with the uncle. I'm saying go to the aunt so she knows that her husband is predatory. Yeah, predatory. Um, tried it with her propositioning I think my focus niece. is just about Jordan and her uncle but I think that going to the aunt I mean it, it that is that her actual question does she go to the aunt yeah she said should I stay out of it like what should I do like she wants to know if I I think that's just I think Jordan you're just not asking the right question <laughs> I gotta be honest with you I think I think it's between you and your uncle and not your aunt at all I think that the aunt is going to find out one way or another but either way, you don't you've think taken that's care going of to it. Be extraordinarily intimidating for her. Let's okay. So if we, what if he's she, just a nasty drunk uncle. I mean, like, what's intimidating? About I would that? feel as a young girl with someone that's a that someone that's a family member I've known my whole life that has now revealed themselves to be a predator. I would feel spectacularly uncomfortable going up against a man like twice my age and saying I don't know Molly you've always you always know how to speak your mind you always have It's not just have. that for me but it's also just like your aunt's married to someone who's predatory like I don't want that for my but aunt You I will tell you, I don't want that for her aunt either but you'll be surprised how quickly those tables get turned and she ends up being That's true that, that's, that's always that's the true. advice that's, we give yeah. that's you'll be surprised and that's yeah. why I'm saying that Jordan, you're not too far from knowing the only, your your own answer. You're really not. I mean, you know you need to deal with this uncle and not and not you know and and there's nothing normal or just brushing it under the rug that's okay about it. And I wouldn't be crashing there if I were you. you yeah, no place. Honey, I, I don't avo- know where you I live. I'd, yeah, I wish I could like crashing. Yeah, figure out a, a new place to live before you confront the uncle about it. I yeah. Yeah. Um, but, all right. Well, yeah, I wouldn't let uh, don't let him get it. He's just he's going to keep on keeping on. Trust me. You know, he, Gross. He, yeah, he is. He's just gonna until until you tell him no, he's gonna keep trying to get away with it. That's gonna just that's just unfortunately a, a fact. All right, guys, it's our new segment. You are appreciated. We take a five star review from our iTunes page and we read it because we appreciate you. Today's comment is from Dapper Denise. It's five stars. Love that five stars. And uh, the subject is, yes, listen, I love the pod malls. I love how you keep it 100 all the time, whether that's giving advice or discussing your life. I love your point of view and all the guests you bring with you. I'm in my early 30s. And after all the listener letters, I guess I don't feel so dysfunctional after all. Keep up. uh, Keep up the home girl down to earth. Oh, keep up the home girl down to earth vibe. 
Thank you. I will. Thank you, Dapper Denise. That was very sweet of you. I really appreciate that. Um, all right, guys. If you want to, if you want your iTunes review to be read on the show, go to our iTunes page, leave a five star review and a really nice comment, and we'll read it on the air. Next call. Hi, Malls. My name is Julie. I have a relationship question for you. Um, I've been seeing this guy um, for almost six months now, and I want to preface by saying that, like, um, this is the most rewarding and, like, best relationship that I've had in my life. I'm um, 27, and um, it's, like, the only guy that I can seriously see myself having a future with. The difference is he is a normal person. Um, I used to be an actress and a writer and work a lot in the theater community. And so for a long time, I would date comedians and actors and your basic run-of-the-mill crazy people. And so even though I wouldn't have the um, same kind of security and intimacy that I have with my current boo, um, there was just a lot more tendency to talk about their past and talk about their feelings because it mostly came, I think, from a narcissistic place. But it, the point is, like, all of my exes, I knew way more about, like, their interpersonal lives or, like, big landmark moments in their life than I do with this current guy that I'm dating. We do have intimacy. We have an amazing time together. But I think sometimes getting him to open up um, is just a little hard. And I don't want to force it. I want it to be organic. But I'm having trouble figuring out the right way to do that because I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very emotionally open and uh, maybe too much to a a fault almost. And so I'm just wondering if you have any insight on um, figuring out a way to naturally coax this kind of emotional intimacy with someone who maybe is not as prone to sharing that. I don't want to force it, but I, but I, I, just want to feel closer to this guy. Um, so any insight that you have would be welcome. Thank you. Hmm. My first instinct is to say that I think it's a little strange that, I mean, you know, it doesn't, it sounds like less like she knows less and like about volumes and volumes of his past and, and more, it just like, she seems to have some, I don't know. It sounds to me like some pretty big blanks seem to be empty for her about like his past and his life and his family and history or whatever. I think that's a little strange to be dating someone for six months and they've been six months. Yeah. yeah. And, And to be dating someone for six months and not have some of that stuff come up and I also think that six months is a very telling number because that's when things that's when the um honeymoon phase the shine starts to come off a little bit you start to figure out the like the meat of who a person is they stop they can't hide all the time they can't you know put on after six months you can't put on that salesperson persona all the time but But maybe he might be just somebody that is is it's just one dimensional that way. Maybe it's just, maybe, maybe he's just not somebody that really looks at something that needs to be and turn it into an emotional sharing moment. Maybe he's just, yeah. it's very, very like, you know, my husband's 
kind of like that. Oh, we could witness something and both had two different takes on it. Mine could be more intense with more, you know, emotional like experience for what I just saw. And then Greg would be like, oh, that was kind of nice. You know, it just, just not, he's just not wired to really tap into it. And, and, you know, I've come to just accept that that's just simply. But Greg is. is personable and tells a lot of anecdotes and like you know I mean Greg has like it's not not in an annoying sense but like an average way like he will like be like you know Malster uh you know when I was dating this girl like back in the day like he'll sometimes tell a story but it sounds like this guy doesn't volunteer that sort of stuff which is fine I think that also yeah, I guess I, I don't think it might not that. matter she might be digging for something maybe she maybe what she wants to say is that she doesn't feel like they conversationally can hang, which is going to be a long-term issue. Uh, but if you, if you do see yourself uh, in, being with him and it's the best, re- most rewarding relationship you've ever been in, then like maybe you're just looking for problems because it doesn't really sound like this. Sounds like in every other area, he's great. Yeah, he's just like, not used to well, it. Like, right, just like, just like she said that she's just, you know, dating somebody that's very different from the sort of, guys she's dated in the past and maybe really it, it the onus just does lie on her to just sort of just accept that this is just who he is yeah you and know? there's gentle ways he of doesn't saying sound, like yeah he doesn't sound like he's like i didn't hear that he was um you know there was anything bad about it i think it was just more a wish on her side that maybe she could tap into mm-hmm. a more emotional side of his but maybe yeah I mean I guess that's what I feel like Cosmo's always talking about like I don't know those guys either <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. I've, I've always dated artists and comedians and writers and just they're very interesting I've always dated very interesting people and that I find it very very challenging to date a guy who does not work in this business because I don't understand his life. Like I really, I I really struggle to understand some people who don't work in this business. It's because it's a lifestyle, and um, I you know I find ambition to be very attractive. I'd question whether or not someone was really ambitious if they were working in an office setting. I know that sounds terrible, but like it sounds. I I would I would I know I know it sounds terrible, but yeah, I would say. Yeah, because but that's what most of the country does. And I think but what she's the this is her plight, though, is that she's trying to like relate to a person that has nothing to do with this world that she was very involved in for a long time. And trying to like, I mean, that's isn't that what is not how Cosmo describes men like quiet, not into talking about their emotions. I mean, that's like a very not stereotypical true. portrait of a guy. Like they're, yeah. you know, they're stoic. They don't deal with their emotions. They're not emotional. They're very surface level. And I don't know guys like that. But, <laughs> but I, I imagine they exist. It sounds like this might be who Julie is talking about. Yeah, I do think A normal guy. A yeah. normal man. No, I don't know if I would necessarily use the word normal. But there are guys like that um, that are just very like, I don't know. I imagine Dolly Parton's husband is like that. Isn't he gay? <laughs> what, isn't he? I thought that was like a thing. Oh no, she's gay. Anyway, listen. Uh allegedly. Off, off track. Um I, I, mean, I Julie, I, just leave him alone. Just let it be. If you're happy, be happy. If the if the real issue is that like you just don't feel like you have a conversational equal, 
that would drive me nuts. That would that I don't know if that would be that sustainable. But if you if it's not that if you if it's not that you don't feel like if you just want to know if he was like touched as a kid or something, then you know we're not going to get that from him. But yeah, don't push it. It just makes people like that close up a little bit more. He'll reveal what he basically. I kind of get you. I'm trying to say is like some people are very private and they will reveal themselves to you what they want to reveal to you, but you can't push it. They it has to be on their their time. I think that's true, you know. And I think also too that if it's something that she's looking for emotional support for, that should really be probably more the real point. If she needs his emotional support for a matter that's or a concern in her life and she's not getting it, then that's probably something different but if it's just because you want to tap into him well that will unfold over time maybe a topic might come up maybe it might be a movie that you see together and that might tap into something um and maybe trigger a conversation from that but yeah you got to listen with some people like i'm I'm married at first sight this season davina uh, cried on her honeymoon and um, they were in Colorado and they were like on a romantic sleigh ride and Davina started crying on her honeymoon and and her, her new husband who they were strangers went the, went the day they met um, he was like you know he didn't pick up on the fact that her crying was a big deal and it was this whole thing and they're actually were the only couple that got a divorce um, at the end of the process. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, sorry. I haven't but watched it. <laughs> I think the fact that he couldn't relate to the fact, like couldn't pick up on the fact that like her crying was a big emotional deal. Yeah. That's what I feel like Julie should be looking because some, sometimes with, with people like this, when they're not taught to like express themselves and they're not like a naturally expressive person. Yeah. There, it, you're exactly right. It's, it could be like if he seems weird after a movie, ask him why that might be. That's probably when you're going to find out information in like weird moments like that. Like if he seems off, maybe that's triggering something for him. You know? Ask then. But also like there's nothing wrong with saying like, babe, like I love it when you like tell me things about your life. Like you can just say like compliment him when he does something right, when he like shares with you. Like make sure you point out like – it means a lot to me when you do that. I love it when you do stuff like that. You know? I was going to say, oh, give him a treat. Like, he's a dog. Give him a treat. Right. Give him a but treat. But he, he, he might also just be a compartmentalizer, you know? And yeah. and um, just has it all just tucked away in a certain, not in a dark, scary place, but just in a place that he doesn't tap into on a regular basis. Not such a bad thing I'm to be so around somebody like that. I'm so sick of this compartmentalizing shit. I'm like, I really think it is the biggest fraud ever. It's a coping mechanism for a lot of people, but yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I, whatever. I just, uh, congratulations, you know? That's all I have to say. Congratulations that you can do that. We have a letter. Christina's going to read it. Hi, Malls. I have a really good friend of 10 plus years who I also work with. I really love her, but she has one trait that annoys the shit out of me. She's really, really, really cheap. If mm. you go out to dinner with her, you always have to over tip because she always under tips. If she has a party, it's always BYOB and she never provides food. Maybe a bowl of nuts if you're lucky. Anyway, she's getting married this summer and instead of registering for gifts, they've decided to register for a honey fund. 
A honey fund is where guests only have the option. Of I know giving, this. <laughs> they only have the option of giving you money to use for their honeymoon. Hers starts at increments of $50 and goes to $1,000 plus. This annoys me because as part of my job at work, I know how much she makes, which is over six figures. Her parents are paying for the entire wedding. She's not providing food at the wedding and minimal drinks, wine and beer, which are kind of being paid for by an in-law. I kind of resent having to pay for her honeymoon as I'm also a bridesmaid and shelling out money for everything associated with that, including hosting the shower and bachelorette. Also, I just kind of think it's tacky to only request money from your guests. My question is, do I need to just get over it and give her money for the honey fund? Or can I buy something that's maybe a little less expensive and I think is more personal and maybe less of an investment? Please advise. Well, I think if you're in the bridal party that you can you don't have to go through the registry. I think you are allowed to give her a personal gift, but I do think that you're obsessing over this. I think that it's absolutely normal. It's very actually very commonplace now to have a honey fund. That's a very that's a very common thing. Um and you know, it sounds like the real issue is that this bitch is cheap. I wouldn't have made it 10 years with her. I don't even, I wouldn't have even wanted to be in her fucking wedding party. Oh my God. No, it's not. I mean, she sounds like, like I'm getting angry just reading the letter. Yeah. Cheapness is really just the most telling characteristic in a person. It's so telling. It's, it shows that you're just like, you're greedy. You're fucking have no generosity. Like it's I understand weird. if you're on a budget, but she's not on a budget. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Like. She's no, and in fact, like, it's not even that she's on a on a budget. It's like she's, it's she, it's the cheapness she's, is at the core of her. It's it's and it's also it costs other people. Like yeah. they all have to make up for her inability to tip. Yeah, I would not be going out with her. That I would not be, going, be. I would be. That would really. That would really grind my. And ears. how do you host a potluck but not like have at least one dish of your own? I don't. I, it's strange. Like a bowl of nuts. If you're that, lucky. those are parties that you throw, and those are parties you throw when you're in your early twenties. When you're like, my gift to the party is the use of my house. No, everyone, come over here, bring booze, and I'm going to put on my iPod. Like that's the kind of party you have in your twenties, and that's fine. That's not that's not what you do when you're a grown ass woman about to get married. You know, it's none of your fucking business if her in-laws are paying for the wedding or how the booze is provided. It's really none of your business. Um, it's uh those are the type of things that I think that you can nitpick about all day, but ultimately it sounds like your friend's a cheap loser. I also <laughs> feel like uh like like you said, like paying for the honeymoon is kind of common. I think giving money as a gift at a wedding is very common. I know very I've been common. to at least three weddings in the last five years that um where they the couple wasn't registered. It was just cash was given to them or checks were given to them. In fact, that's the way that it used to be. And a lot of people consider registries in some ways to be tacky because it's like, oh, I have to buy you an ice cream maker because you got married. Like – what are you like? Are you ever going to use this? It's are just you like gonna, basically, why don't I go out to the fucking driveway and just burn $70 <laughs> and then send you the ashes? Because that will take up less space in your home than the fucking pasta maker that you're never going to use. You've been really quiet. It, oh, it's, it's, 
It's always an interesting topic, you know, and I am. I'm just curious to hear what you guys are saying about. But you, you know, go to weddings all the time. Like you I go do- to weddings and I've had friends that are, you know, frugal for whatever reasons they're frugal for. And I am like, you know, tapping into, you know, how I've he- dealt with that myself in the past. And I'm also reflecting on how much accounting that's, you know, that was listed in the letter. You know, there's. There's a lot of, you know, for 10 years you've been accounting for, you know, tipping for her and, you know, what kind of money she makes and how oh, yeah, she well, spends money. Yeah, every number was a resentment. And, 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 and you, know, you know, again, it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, you start to say, where's my accountability in this? Like, why am I either not just calling her out on it or like letting her know that this is how I feel, but for 10 years you've been building resentment and, you know, it's, it, towards towards your friend and you know it doesn't sound like there's any backing out of that resentment after 10 years you know it's just sort of has seeped into every pore of you know your your that it's like it's really honestly again it's so not about the wedding it's so not it's about not the about wedding. the wedding like, no because I mean, the question isn't about like do i do i give her a honey fund because it's christina's right people give gifts as money i mean traditionally you're supposed to at least cover the dinner plate so if it's a 250 dollar dinner you, you give $250 and that's kind of, that's, that's really traditionally, I think what you're, you're supposed to do. And I do think, I don't know why I, but I think the nerve of this bride to, you know, probably just think that she's entitled to, you know, not only being super frugal, I hate using the word cheap, but, you know, through the years. I mean, there's a big difference between someone who's frugal and someone who's cheap. But it sounds like if she's for money, that it's frugality and it's like, Mm -hmm. and it's a mindset that's been like driven into her, like an old waste not, want not. It's sort of like what were you talking about, the Southern Charm with their Uh, Ravenel situation where they had free meals, but they they tipped only $5 just to get rid of their Lincolns. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like crazy like you know you as a weight person you want to say keep your five dollars you know you just had a yeah a four hundred dollar meal you said weight person free- right yeah okay sorry i just want yeah, to make no, sure that white other person. people heard weight that person. too wait wait yes person yeah. i was like as a white person yeah. i was like wait what as a waiter <laughs> paused, as a waiter or a waitress yeah i paused for a second but then i was like no she said wait person but wait um person. i just and i'm also saying this because i know that you know for my personal self that it's like i get i, I want to take accountability when i'm getting very frustrated with somebody that you know has their own priorities with how they're spending their money yet they're out with a group and they're not yeah no but i'm around i'm around wealthy wealthy people all the time and i see this all the time regardless of how much money they have how much money they're wearing and you know how well off you know or full tank their gas is in their car they're still going to be so frugal and there's and and it's either i make up my mind that that's who they are and they're no reflection on me and i just do what i do or I let it bother me. And you know what? I still let things like that bother me. I mean, even though I know what's going on at this point and everybody has their own priorities with their own money, I, I still think it's wrong to say you agree to go out with a group of people and not pull your weight and not feel that you're supposed to. Yeah. What's the difference between frugality and cheapness to you? I think frugality is that you're just really being penny wise and maybe sometimes pound foolish or frugality is like you watch your pennies and your dollars take care of themselves. You know, that's just an old Yankee mindset that I'm aware of. And you're probably 
you know, repurposing things a lot more in your home, rinsing, you know, Ziploc bags and things like that. Not yeah. just not being, um, that to me is frugality and, you know, maybe knowing that your money is better in the bank than it is, uh, you know, buying expensive jeans or something like that. Maybe, you know, you're not going to put your money on your clothes on your back. So you think this friend is being frugal? That she's um, not I mean, but it sounds like it, it, she also might be just a literal person or a precise person, which I think sometimes we don't credit enough about how somebody's just wired. Sometimes people are just wired in a very accountability kind of way. I, I know people that But that, she's that, not meeting the needs of a tip. Like she's not, she's leaving less than everyone else. Well, she's they, probably tipping off of what she ordered. So say, for example, like I don't drink, right? But right. like last night I split the bill four ways mm -hmm. because, you know, to me that's the price of admission and that's what you do. That's right. what I believe. And, and I, right. And I just feel like that's, that's it for good company. And, you know, I feel like I, I had a great time. I'm, I was never going to speak up if I didn't have a good time and be like, you know what? I'm out $20 less because I didn't laugh enough tonight. You know, I mean, I'm never going to do right. that. But maybe, and I'm just assuming based on the information we got, that maybe she, say, didn't drink. And so she's only going to pay for her meal and perhaps her appetizer and just tip off of that. So that's maybe why I'm assuming she would tip less. But that's just based off the information I have. And just going along with the theory that maybe she's just a very precise, literal person that just only thinks that's what she's, she probably, I think it's very possible she doesn't think she's doing anything wrong. And, you know, maybe in fairness to her and in fairness to yourself that, that, you know, you're not always so frustrated with this person, you know, that you got to maybe clear the air about it. And you just say, you know, I've noticed, you know, for the past 10 years, but <laughs> so it's too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Yeah. Right? Is it too late to say anything? Because it's <laughs> no, been 10 years. I think if it's a 10 year. I would just stop talking Well, first of all, no, wedding. 10 years, would, 10 yeah. years, 10 years. It's like 10 years. She sounds like she hates her. She sounds like she's just very frustrated with her. But I think yeah, she also maybe, and I think she probably, you know, let's look, let's, for sure. let's look a little inward too. Let's look in the mirror and say, are, are you just really mad because you haven't found a way to really just address the issue? And it's a critical conversation that shouldn't take longer than two minutes, but you just say after thoughtful consideration and observation, I've just noticed that through the years, you know, when we're going out or in other matters that, you know, I feel like I'm I'm spending a little bit more money, which really adds up over time. And, you know, I'm just wondering, like, if, am I being picky or what, you know, go there, you know, just, just say something. It's not about the wedding though. It's not. And maybe, maybe it's just, maybe you're just mad too. Like, don't be mad at me, but maybe you're just mad because she's going to get a shitload of money for her wedding. And that's money that I could have paid a lot of tips and, and extra uh, round of drinks through the years. Yeah. So, so a couple of weeks ago, we got a call from someone asking if we had any tips on how to grow herbs. And I, I don't have any tips. So I asked you guys to please call in if you had any tips. And we did get a call from Ashley. Thanks, Ashley, so much. Uh, here's that call. Hey, please advise. This is the Kitty Caprio. Can't even say it. Um, Ashley uh, Malls. Thank you for following me on Instagram and talking to me about um, what was it? Before Sunset. Great movie. Um, anyway, this is in response to the herb call. <laughs> um, 
not that kind of herb, but I am a plant grower. I feel so nerdy talking about this, but um, this is kind of like a new thing that I really enjoy. So um, for Delilah, I grow uh, basil and I think Italian parsley, and I have a jalapeno plant right now. So anyway, uh, my advice to Delilah and all of the uh, herb growers out there is to really just follow the directions. Um, you can Google specific directions for each herb that you're growing. I think it's really important to, you know, take note of the sunlight requirements and the watering and the plant food requirement. Um, I know kind of like maybe you already thought of that, but um, I live in Texas and it's like wicked hot in the summer. So, you know, hydrating is really, really important just like for us humans. So anyway, uh, that's my advice for Delilah. And um, this is, like, the nerdiest thing I've ever done. So, anyway, thank you, and uh, love the pod as always, and love you guys. Bye. Ashley, you're the best. That was a really informative call, I think, right? I mean, you basically just told her to Google. I know, yeah. (laughs) She really did. She's like, um, Google it. But it's true. Like, you can't necessarily give, like, one all tip for uh, growing herbs because they all have different needs. So, um. Latin fruit is important. Fertilizing is important. But uh, yeah, do you have anything to say? Photosynthesis is important. Yes. Um, no, I think it's important. <laughs> it's important to know. You're such a nerd. I know. I know. You're um, so excited to say that. I am. I am. I was so excited. Um, I hydrogen and no. <laughs> well, you know, again, she's from Texas. It's hot down there. So you have to know where you are. I mean, are you doing it on your windowsill in your kitchen or is it in your backyard that gets direct sunlight? Just Google so, it. I think ultimately, I think Google you have to, right. And it's right, right. All right. All right. Well, that was it for episode 46 of Please Advise Mom. Thanks so much for being here. A pleasure. Did you have fun? I did. You can uh, tell people to call us anytime you want at 323-450-7408. Leave us a message. They can also email askpleaseadvise at gmail. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes. We're everywhere. You can find us. It's awesome. Mom, do you want to tell people how they can find you at the Luxie Boutique? Um, yeah, you can find me at Luxie Boutique at 39 Green Street in Waltham, Massachusetts, or at Luxie Boutique Facebook. Luxie Boutique Twitter, Twitter, yeah, and Instagram, yeah. Just look up L U X I E L U X I E. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You're awesome. So uh, just keep doing you. Visit me on Cape Cod in Wellfleet <laughs> at the flea markets too. Oh yeah. I'm going to be doing the Cape flea markets. I'm looking forward to that. You're just bragging. I am. I am. I am. I'll always be a gypsy at heart right. with my walking cane in my Stevie Nicks cape. You're a witchy woman. I know. Isn't that funny? All I right. should know more about herbs, I guess, and growing them, right? Then, yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so, okay. Thank well, you for having me. A pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Christina. It's always a pleasure with you. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> All thank right. You. Bye, guys. <laughs>